I'm kind of conflicted. Should I preach now or should we go to our guest? And here's the other thing, too, I noticed. If you get anyone funny, you know, the, I schedule someone for this event, someone lighthearted and funny, then I feel like I have to do my best to say something funny. Yeah, just forget it, right? Just forget it. Anyways, anyways. Uh, it is, it is a blessing to have Chewbacca Mom with us tonight. Uh, truly a woman who needs no introduction. And so she's not going to get one. <laughs> See, I'm trying to be funny. But truthfully, you know, it is a busy time of year, and she's not exempt from the busyness that all of us go through. And I'm just glad that she was willing to come and be with us tonight. So, Candace, would you please come all the way from Dallas, Texas? And, and her team was merciless today. I don't know if you saw any of the game, but whatever. Thank you for being with us. Thank you. Thank you. Well, good evening. How are y'all doing? Oh, it's a good, lively room. Y'all said, said something back to me. That's good. Well, tonight I just want to talk with you and get to know you a little bit and hopefully offer you a moment of levity in the middle of some chaos, right? How many of y'all, you have Christmas done? Who would raise their hand and say, it's done? All right, look around the room. You find those people and you make them your best friends because everybody else, we need a person that's like a Martha in the scriptures, right? We need the ones that get it done. Come on. I'm about 60% put together for Christmas. Um, and, and how many of y'all, you're like, I'm living on a prayer this year. I don't even know if we're going to make it to Christmas, but I hope we get there. You'd raise your hand for that, all right? I'm with you there. I'm with you there. I'm telling you, this time of year is a great amplifier, right? It's a big, huge amplifier. We like to call it the season of joy. As a matter of fact, it's a really great time of the year where we see the word joy kind of just painted on the town. It's over and over. I, I challenge you, when you leave here, count how many times you see the word joy in lights or on a Christmas card or somewhere between now and Christmas Day. And it is the theme. What's funny is that my entire ministry, the things that I do, revolve around that word joy. And so for me, Christmas is an easy fit. I'm like, sure, let's go. I've got stuff to talk about. Let's do it. And you may think, well, how did I get this platform that's joyful? How many of y'all know who Chewbacca Mom is? That you've seen the video. I need a raise of hands to kind of gauge the audience. Okay, okay, wow. How many of you would be bold enough to say, I have zero clue, but I'm here for the dinner? Okay. <laughs> Y'all are people that aren't on Facebook much, right? Okay, I get it. And the reason I say that is not to brag, but I will let you know that privacy settings are a real thing, people. Yeah, I tell you what, I had no clue that that video would go as viral as it went. For those of you that raised your hand, you have no clue what we're talking about. I basically bought myself a toy for my birthday week. Because I don't know if y'all know this, but at a certain age, you get an entire week for your birthday. Do y'all know that? It's when you elevate to your 30s. Like any birthday above 30, you get the whole week to celebrate. Moms understand this. You know what I'm talking about? Because we get a Starbucks reward, and then we'll get another email that we've signed up, and we get maybe a Steak and Shake burger. I'm telling you, whatever you want, you sign up for that list. You enjoy that week, okay? I went to Kohl's because I was going to return some yoga pants that were too big for me. Y'all are not as happy as you should be about that statement. <laughs> People, yoga pants that were too big for me. 
Oh, I'm telling you, that could have given me joy for five years, that alone. I walked in and I said to this cute little girl behind the counter, I said, these don't fit because they're too big. You know, and she was not happy either which way either. But she gave me some incredible store credit. And I started going and shopping around for myself a birthday gift. And I, you know, have you ever been somewhere where there's just tons of stuff but nothing you want? It was that kind of day. And like a good mama, I thought to myself, well, I'll just go hit up the toy department over here. Maybe I can find something for my kids. And that will give me some joy too. Because I don't know, if you, if you really are a good gift giver and you give your kids something, it kind of gives your heart a little zing too, you know. So I thought, well, maybe I'll do that. And I bumped into this toy mask from Star Wars with the Chewbacca. And it made some huffs and some puffs and some growls. And I had had tacos that day, but I knew... <laughs> This was not me. This was, in fact, this toy. And I saw a red sticker on it, y'all. Do you know what a red sticker means? Try it again. What does it mean? I couldn't hear y'all very well. Clearance or sale? Y'all are all wrong. I have to just inform you. It is an approval stamp from God himself. Like, you don't need to pray about it. You don't need to call your pastor and ask for permission. You just sing the doxology and you take it to the counter, you know? And then you just say, here you go. I had this store credit, bought this little toy for myself. And I realized maybe about an hour and a half of having it in my car, it started singing to me like the drums from Jumanji, you know? Like my back seat, it was like, come play with me. And I only had this small window to where I still had a couple of minutes to be by myself before I had to pick up my kids from school. So I decided to go on Facebook Live and if y'all don't know this, in 2016, when this video happened, Facebook Live had only been live to every single user for about three weeks. What they do is when they have a new platform, they roll it out in these batches. So some users can have it for like eight months, some can have it for two months, some can have it for a day, but until that moment that it is live for everybody to use, that's the day it launches. So it had only been live for about three weeks. They had had no viral video on it. As a matter of fact, the closest thing to a video that had a big, huge view count on it on Facebook Live was BuzzFeed. Have you heard of them? Okay, so BuzzFeed decided it would be fun to take a watermelon and put rubber bands on it and see how many. Did y'all see this video? How many rubber bands it would take before it exploded. So my video's really high class. Um, you know, I'm in good company here. <laughs> the video that they had probably had around 9 million views, which is massive. But I post a video of myself playing with this toy mask on Facebook Live, hopefully for some of my mama friends. And before I went to bed, I had nearly a million views. I don't know a million people in real life, right? <laughs> Privacy settings were real. I all of a sudden was like, what's happening? I lean over to my husband and I go, hey, um, babe, did you see anything on Facebook today that maybe I posted? He opens his phone in front of me and he goes, this is the same crap you send me all day. I'm not watching this. Now I'm thinking to myself, I don't really ever have anything to hold over this man's head. He's perfect. But I have this, right? And I'm going to see how long this can last. So I just go, oh, okay, cool. We'll just watch it whenever. Um, <laughs> that night we go to bed with one million views. 
And the technical definition of a viral video, in case you wanted to know this geeky stuff, if you have one million views within 24 hours, it's considered a viral video. So I was already pretty convinced this is going viral. That's pretty cool. But by the time I woke up, I had 23 million views and no less than 10 to 12 voicemails from BBC, NPR, Good Morning America, my local news stations from ABC, Fox, NBC, CBS, um, some guy in the UK, I had no clue where he was calling from. I think it was his own personal podcast. Um, I felt overwhelmed to the point where I needed to be like Jason Bourne and I needed a suitcase with like passports. I was like, how am I so findable? You know what I mean? Like I have been found and I need to hide. <laughs> and my husband still has not seen this video. <laughs> As a matter of fact, he walked into work the next day. He left and I'm just looking at my phone blowing up. And he's, he's like, hey babe, I hope you have a good day. And I'm like, you too. You know, I knew I wasn't going to be able to have this moment forever, right? He goes into work and he hears my laugh on three different computers. <laughs> it's a very distinct laugh. And he's like, hey, did my wife send you all that dumb video? Now, I'm in a mask most of the video. So they turn to him and they go, this is your wife? <laughs> Within three minutes later of that, I get a phone call from him. Hello? What did you do? <laughs> I said, baby, I'm on the other line with CNN. I'll call you back. So I hung up on him. <laughs> true story. True story. I started responding to this craziness that went from this moment that became out of control. Out of control. By about noon, I realized I hadn't eaten anything. I'd only been on the phone, and I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to get to New York on Monday to be on GMA. Like, literally, it had just blown up. I'm talking with people like Ellen's producers on the phone. Stuff is going wild, y'all. Things that you would never even dream up. And now I'm thinking, oh... I really, I have kids, like, who's going to watch them? What's happening? <laughs> like, how is this going to work, you know? Uh, it, it ended out working just fine, but about noon, I realized I hadn't eaten anything, and I wanted to turn off every single thing that had a ding or a notification or, or anything that would kind of say, hey, call me, you know? And so I did that, and I go to my pantry, and I can't find anything to eat. So about five minutes later, I'm on the phone with everything silenced and a moon pie in my hand. <laughs> don't knock a good moon pie. Man, that was good. I don't know, if, have you had the banana cream moon pies? That's like next level. So I found myself eating a, a banana cream moon pie, and I realized at this moment, this could either be a moment that was just going to be a fun weekend ahead of me, or it could actually be the result of some other things that had been happening in private that were now going public. And I needed some discernment from God on that. So I took that time to pray. And I just said, God, what are you doing? What is going on? How do I handle this gracefully? What do we do next? Because listen, you're in this with me. You don't get to walk away. You come with me everywhere I go. Let's go. And I really felt like I got some peace from the Lord about what I was supposed to be doing the next few days. And one of those things that I felt like God was telling me to do was just walk through every open door. Don't be opportunistic, but don't ignore an opportunity. And I really feel like the Lord had started setting a fire, something that had happened in private, just five days earlier. And this is what I want to tell you about. 
Because a lot of people, they only get to see the part of the story where I'm on the James Corden karaoke sketch with J.J. Abrams, or they only get to see my, my interview with Robin Roberts, or they only saw, oh, now she's doing this event. Oh, that Chewbacca lady, she's crazy and fun. Yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a moment, right? But I want to tell you the secret things that really began to amplify the joy that I have now that I want to bring and give to you. Can we do that? All right, it all starts in a little story in Luke. If you do have your Bible, and listen, I'm not too preachy here, okay? But I want you to go to Luke chapter 1, and I want you to look at the story and the encounter that Mary had with the angel Gabriel. It's in verse 26. On Sunday was Mother's Day, the week of my birthday. And there's only a few women in scripture that we talk about on Mother's Day. Have y'all noticed this? You got Ruth, Deborah, Esther, and Mother Mary, right? And that's about our women's sermons on Mother's Day. And, and by the way, I think that Mother's Day and Father's Day are vastly different. On Mother's Day, we're like, good job, ladies. And on Father's Day, we're like, get your junk together and serve the Lord, you know? And I've always been like, man, I'd hate being a dad on Father's Day. Can you just tell me, good job, mighty man of God, keep going. Keep changing the trajectory for your family. But I found myself this Mother's Day, the week of my birthday, hearing a message out of this scripture. And it's Christmassy, so I thought, let's go there tonight. Verse 26 of chapter 1 in Luke. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph and of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. She was greatly troubled at that saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. I think... We need to pause there for just a second because Christmas angels are the prettiest angels I've ever seen, right? But I imagine that if we were really to see an angel, it might look like something from Narnia because they all say, don't be afraid <laughs> at the beginning. So I don't know if they're necessary, necessarily as beautiful as we'd like to paint them to be. But this angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the son of the most high. And well, okay, Siri, we'll figure it out later. I don't know whose phone that was, but Siri did not understand. <laughs> And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be according to me. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. My pastor had preached this great message about Mary having a heart that says, let's go. Whatever you say, I'm there. Whatever you tell me that's going to happen, I'm with you. 
Let's do this. Let it happen to me. And y'all, I was at a crossroads in my faith. I'd like to say that I was a really happy Christian at that moment and was the same lady that you're seeing before you now, but I was pretty cynical and bitter and battered and bruised by the church at that very moment to the point where I was trying to negotiate with God. If I have to love you, do I have to love your people? <laughs> Some of y'all have been there. I heard the laugh. Um, or you might be there right now. Shh, secret safe with me. All right. I know, though, that this was a crisis of my faith where the Lord was wanting me to have the heart of Mary to say, whatever, whatever you want to do with my life, let it be to me according to whatever you say. Let it happen. Nothing's impossible with you. Now, my church also at this time was doing a giving campaign. Do y'all know what those are? Oh, yeah, you know what those are if you've been in church for any amount of time. It's trying to build the building or trying to build a new building fund to take care of the building that you already have, you know? And we'd been hearing message and message week after week about how we were wanting to maybe do something great in our community and build more buildings and put in a coffee shop. And I'm just thinking to myself, okay, come on now. Come on. Cynical. Very cynical. But something in this message on this Sunday that my pastor said was, God may want to elevate you from just being a regular giver to being an extravagant giver. So here I am in my living room on the Monday morning after that sermon on Sunday. And I'm talking with the Lord and I'm telling him, if you really want me to be an extravagant giver, don't I need something extravagant to give? I don't know about you, but if you've ever lived a life of poverty, poor people have poor ways. And I don't say that lightly. I actually was homeless at the age of nine, living in a van with my family at RV spots, taking coin showers, trying to hide from whatever public school I was in, that we were dirt poor and homeless, and that I wasn't safe or secure when I left their school doors. I lived a life constantly saying, how can I give more if I have nothing to give? And I am talking about physical means. Like, God, how do you want me to give to this when I've only got this much and that's got to get me through till Thursday? I'll give you my 10%. I'm going to be a faithful tither. But how can I be this extravagant giver? And somehow I felt it was tied to this idea of what I'd seen in a heart of a teenage girl that was given the opportunity to carry the Son of God, where she'd been highly favored, and her response was simply, whatever it is, let it happen. And I find myself asking God, all right, we're at a crisis of faith right here. I'm going to ask for three things. And if those things come through, and listen, I know you're not supposed to test the Lord your God, but I'm telling you, I was at a crisis. And I felt like he'd given me some grace to talk with him. And I said, if you, if you can show up with these three things, then maybe I can understand what you want to do to elevate me out of this position I've been put in by birth. I, I feel like you're calling me to a different life altogether. I feel like you're calling me to greater things, but yet I don't see anything greater happening. Anybody else been there? Come on. I said, so here's the three things. I'm going to write them down, Lord. Number one, I'd like to get a MacBook. 
I thought as a stay-at-home mama, maybe I could start an Etsy shop if I had a MacBook and do some illustrating. Maybe I could take that program called GarageBand, write some songs and make a little CD or something. Give me some things that I could be creative with with this MacBook. Come on, Lord, you own a thousand cattle on a hill. You can sell one of them today. That might provide my little MacBook. That was request number one. Did you know, I'm going to kind of skip back and forth, so flash forward, flashback. Two days later on my actual birthday, we went to a restaurant in Dallas that we love that's right next to the Apple store. When we finished our dessert, my husband and I decided to go let our kids play on the iPads in the Apple store because that was free babysitting. (laughs) For real. Go, children. We'll see you in an hour, you know? And we, we find ourselves with this cute little genius guy with a name tag coming up to us. And I'm thinking, bucko, we ain't here to buy anything, you know? You can just simmer down with that cute, happy attitude, you know? And uh, he said, how can I help you today? And I'm about to cut him off and be like, we're just here for the iPads, free babysitting. And my husband stood in front of me and he goes, well, we're here because today my wife, it's her birthday. And I've been saving all year long to get her a MacBook. So whatever she wants on the shelves, she can have. And at this point, I'm talking to God in my head, touche. <laughs> okay, check mark number one. Here I am thinking it's an original idea asking, and you'd been planning it in my husband's heart for a year. Amazing, right? Let's keep going. Second thing I asked for the Lord on that Monday and I thought, this is, this is kind of easy, too, if you're really the God of the universe. I need a trip to Disney World. And here's why. <laughs> My kids are five and six at that time, and they're about to lose their age of wonder. Parents, you've seen it. You've seen that moment in your kids. You've seen it when they don't believe in the magic anymore. And you see when they start saying, No, it's not true. You did that, right? And all of a sudden, a little piece of your little parent heart dies. You know, you're like, oh, they're not convincible anymore about the tooth fairy. Guess they don't need a quarter anymore. Lose those molars on your own. You're fine, you know? Come on, hey. But I asked the Lord, I said, if you really care about me, taking time to be a one-income home because you told me to be at home with my babies when they were young and quit my job. We don't have any extra income to go to Disney World. Can you provide a trip to Disney World? Fast forward six days later, a day after my video went viral, I get a phone call from the Disney Parks director of all Disney Parks. And she said, Star Wars is now owned by Disney. I said, it is. Tell me more. (laughs) And she said, we actually have a new part of our park that's all Star Wars themed opening up. We would love for you to come down and do a little commercial for us and wear the Chewbacca mask. Would you do that? I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. She goes, has your family ever been to Disney World? I said, well, my kids haven't. And she goes, Oh, okay. Well, how old are they? I was like five and six. She goes, oh, well, then you need to come for like four or five days then. I said, I do. And she goes, yeah. She goes, and you know, we're just, 
we'll do this. We'll take care of you and we'll just let you have, you know, hopper passes. You can go in between all the parks and we're only going to take maybe two hours of your time for the commercial. The rest is just going to be your family time in Disney World. Is that okay? I dropped to my knees with a stranger on the phone weeping out loud. And I said, you have no clue. I prayed for this just six days ago. And God's answer in my prayer. And she goes, okay, well, then you're going to get the VIP package. And I'm giving you the food package, too. Stop crying. <laughs> we show up, and we have one of the guys in the plaid vest. And if you know anything about a VIP package, that's pretty expensive. Our tour that had been with us, the tour guide, it actually had J-Lo and her family the week before us. And, and I'm telling you, I'm sitting here going, what is this life? What is this life? My kids will never experience Disney World the same because I'm not paying for it. But they... <laughs> There's an incredible encounter that we had with our tour guide. You know, he'd seen the viral video. And the whole time he's leading us around this park filled with joy. Like one of the happiest. That's how they, you know, they describe it. The happiest place on earth, right? Every time one of his coworkers would stop with him, they'd have a serious face, they'd tilt their head to the side, and they'd comfort him with a touch on the arm or shoulder. And for three days, he's leading us through Disney World. Fourth day comes. And for some reason, my, my little son turned into a liar because what ended up happening is we get off the plane and he greets us and he says, who's your favorite Disney character? And my son goes, Buzz Lightyear. He has never said that in his entire life. And so now I feel like I have to roll with the lie. I'm like, yeah, we, we love Buzz Lightyear. He's the best. Fourth day of this tour guide leading us around, he comes to our lobby in our hotel with a Buzz Lightyear toy that's vintage from 1997. And it's the parachute Buzz Lightyear. And it's still in the wrapper. And it's still all put together. And he leans over to me and he says, I'm going to try to say this without crying. But just a week before your video happened, my brother committed suicide. And his favorite character in all the parks was Buzz Lightyear. And he has an incredible vintage collection. And I went to his apartment today and I fished this one out for your son. I want to give it to him. And we're sitting there sobbing like babies, me and this stranger, hugging each other like we've known each other years. And I'm finding that this joy that people are connecting with is happening in the middle of the greatest grief and sorrow. And then I realize, oh God, you had me ask for these things because you needed me to see that joy is not just something that happens to us. It's something that spills out of us to provide strength, encouragement, fuel to move on. How many of you know the Nehemiah passage 1.8 that says, The joy of the Lord will be my strength. I was seeing this play out from what I thought was just asking for a trip to Disney World. Isn't God amazing, right? Y'all want to know what the third thing was? Should we dare? The third thing that I asked the Lord for on that Monday, I said, all right, I'm going to dream up something I know is way too extravagant for you to care about and come through with. <laughs> Anybody, any guesses? Some of y'all laugh like, oh no. <laughs> I said, Lord, I know my kids are only five and six, but if you can take care of their college tuition, any money that we save right now, 
we can use for their mission trips. We can use for when they come to us and say, God has told me that I need to pay for my friend to go to church camp with me this summer. How can we pay for them too? It's like, God, instead of us trying to save money for college, can we actually have that taken off the table and then let us give? If you're calling me to be an extravagant giver, give me a way to give extravagantly. Take some of the, th the heavy lifting off of my shoulders. And so I prayed that thinking that is absolutely not going to happen. But I asked it anyways. And wouldn't you know, while we were at Disney World, a friend of mine from Southeastern University calls and says, hey, I noticed you're in town. I saw it on the internet. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, because I don't have anything private anymore. <laughs> he says, I'm friends here with the president of this university. We thought it'd be a great idea to pay you a little money to come for 45 minutes to just do a quick commercial for our freshmen that are coming in on campus. Maybe give them some joy. We'll give you a little cash in your pocket and then take you right back to your hotel room. And I'm like, oh, well, that sounds intriguing. Let's go. So I asked my family, hey, would it be okay if I take two hours away from Disney and away from y'all and just go do something really quick? My husband was like, yes, we'll go swimming. And he was like, and by the way, you're obnoxious at Disney. You need to calm down, you know? Because I was like, everything's happy. So I was on high alert, you know? And uh, I was like, well, fine. We'll just get a little break and we'll reset and I'll just go do this and we'll be back. I did this commercial on this campus and the president of the university is in the car with me and we're joking about stuff um, on film, so it's part of the script. And then we finish our last lines and he leans over and he goes, now this isn't part of our script, but we really felt impacted by the joy that you shared with everybody through that laugh. And I know your kids are a little too young to appreciate this, but we wanna give both of your children a four-year scholarship when they're old enough. I lost it, lost it in utter tears. And then he goes, and not only that, I noticed that you hadn't graduated college and neither has your husband. So any of our online material that you wanna do, same offers for you and your husband. You know what I discovered about the joy of the Lord and the audacity to ask for big things? is that we have a God that when we ask something of him, first of all, he cares about the desires of our hearts. And if we ask with a motive that says, I wanna make your name great, I wanna be an extravagant giver, I wanna be able to give more, but I have nothing to give, out of that heart, he says, let's go, what you got, ask. And what I'm discovering about most Christians is that we see God much differently. We see him through a lens of not joy or giving or fun stuff. We see him through a lens of maybe he'll like me enough that if I ask for something that I think that he wants me to do, then he'll give me that. But think of it this way. Say I want to get a loan from a bank. Has anybody ever tried to get a loan for a bank for anything in their life, a car, a house? You have to fill out lots of paperwork, right? You have to prove your, your worthiness of being able to repay that loan. You have to get a note from your first grade teacher, I'm pretty sure. You know, I mean, there's a long list of things you have to do. How foolish would it be to go to the bank with all of your paperwork in hand 
put it on the desk of the loan officer and say, I'm only applying for $5 today. And yet we do that so many times with God. We go to the creator of the universe that holds all things together through the word of Jesus' immovable power. Colossians 1. He holds everything together by the word of his immovable power. And yet we ask for $5 from him. Can you just give me this little? And we wonder why our joy is not made complete. We wonder why we feel a lack of all the good things that this life has to give. When we approach God, we can come to him boldly through the sprinkling, through the cleansing of the blood of Christ. We can boldly make our requests known to him with a thankful heart. But I would say also with an expectant heart. Don't go up to God and say, I'm asking for my $5. You got the bank in front of y'all, baby. Do you know what I'm saying? Ask higher, hope greater. Because I guarantee you, listen in, this is a big thing for, for this moment right now. I feel it. I guarantee you, your highest dream and ask of the Lord is still as shallow as a driveway puddle compared to what he has to offer you. If there's one thing I want to tell the church from this platform, from this opportunity, from whatever happened that day that video went viral, it is to get your hopes up. Get your hopes up, church. We serve the God of all things. We are under no man. There is no governance or authority that is greater than the kingdom of heaven. And when you talk to him, you can get your hopes up. Ephesians 3, 19 through 21 says it so beautifully. But one of my favorite things that it promises us is that he will come through and do more than we ask, think, hope, or even imagine. So your greatest dream that you can go before the Lord with, he says, I got more than that. Y'all, I asked for my kids' college to be taken care of. And he said, "Mm, more, you and Chris as well. I asked for a laptop. He said, more, your husband that's been sowing into you, into your dreams that you didn't even have for yourself. I'm going to strengthen your marriage and your relationship. I'm going to give you more than what you asked. You asked for a laptop. I gave you some health in your marriage. I gave you respect for your husband. Come on, y'all. I asked for a trip to Disney World. He said, baby girl, you're going to get a VIP. You're going to get some of them Dole Whips. You're going to get some Mickey ears. Your daughter is going to be Belle in the play Beauty and the Beast. Your son is going to get to dance with Rafiki. You're going to be on a private ride in the middle of the jungles of Africa hearing pink pajamas, penguins on the bottom. Did y'all not know those were the words? <laughs> Jalapenos. Chicken and cheese on a bun. Pink pajamas, penguins on the bottom. I'm telling you. 
Whatever your highest request of the Lord is, he wants to say more. He wants to show you more. And I tell you why. It's because the glory of God is on the line. It's not your dreams. Listen, a lot of people could be skeptical of this mom that was in a car laughing with a toy mask that has four minutes and, and then that goes viral and then you get all this stuff from it, right? As a matter of fact, I did get a lot of that. I had people saying, if this was a black woman, she wouldn't have been given this many opportunities. And I have to agree. There is privilege that comes with that as well. But what they didn't get to see is behind the scenes, behind the closed doors, saying this is a holy request that's being made fulfill, not a racial request, not a privileged moment. This is a moment that God set up. And when he does something, it doesn't matter what society says that this is. This is a stamp from him saying, I am on the move. He knew that I'd be standing on stages telling you these moments to give him glory. He knew that. And he knew that he was going to solidify any crisis of faith that I was having in that moment. Y'all want to talk with me about my faith today compared to that moment? You know that song, um, I've seen you move, you move the mountains, and I believe I'll see you do it again. Every time I hear that, I sing it louder than anybody else in the room. You made a way where there was no way. Come on, y'all. And I believe I'll see you do it again. That's the kind of God we got. That's the kind of God that you can say, I'm going to get my hopes up today. You be assured I'm going to get my hopes up when I talk to the king of all kings. Whew. Now here's what flows from the, that moment. I honestly believe you cannot have joy separated from hope and vice versa. And you cannot have hope separated from joy. I've been in some of the most desolate, poor places in this world. People that have nothing to their name. And yet they have more joy than America's that, Americans that are fat and rich and wealthy. And what I see is the common denominator is this hope. This hope that says tomorrow is going to be better. Greater things are still to come. This may be a bad day, but it ain't my worst day and it ain't my last day. So I know there's another day. And yet I see a lot of people that are wealthy, that complain and argue and murmur and grumble over the smallest things and say, this world's getting worse and worse and worse. And would you just look around? It's never been this bad before. Imagine it in 10 years. It's going to be even worse than that. Church, we are the people of hope. We are the people of God. A God that says, yeah, I see the world, but guess who I am? The same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I do not sleep. I do not slumber. And the Lord is in the heavens and does what he wills. So don't forget that, people of God. You've got all the reason to get your hopes up. Come on. Come on. Thanks for clapping it. Let me take a drink really quick. Appreciate that. I might need to build those in more and more. So. <laughs> I, I, I want to talk with you just really quickly about 
this idea of hope and why it's important and getting joy to be the main thing this season. Okay. One thing I heard in my direct messages more than anything else right after that video was this common thing. Hey, Chewbacca lady, I can't remember the last time I laughed like that. Or I don't remember being lost in a moment that was so happy. What do you got that I don't got? And what I discovered is that there is a deficit of joy, especially in the people of God, y'all. And we want it really bad. We preach it almost every week. Come, accept Jesus. Give your life to him. He's going to make your life so full. He promises it in John 10, 10. He says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to, I may give you life and give it to the fullest. So give your life to Jesus. It's going to be great. But yet, when you look at the average Christian with what we're posting on social media, it ain't happy stuff. When you look at what we rally about, come on, y'all. Do we look like we are a happy people to the rest of the world? Full of the joy of the Lord? And I'm not saying this to, to get on to us. I'm saying, by and large, there is a deficit of joy, and I have to equate it to one thing. And I've had five years to think on this. Okay, when you're given a title as a joy evangelist, you start thinking, oh, well, maybe I need to learn some things in the scripture about joy. Maybe I need to study that topic. One thing that I've discovered is simply this. That our joy can only be made complete by the Holy Spirit activated in our lives. And here's why. Galatians tells us so clearly that joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So if I wanted to go out tonight and plant a lemon tree, I need some lemon seeds. But if I was foolish and I went out and I toiled the soil, <laughs> toiled the soil, that felt like a wrap. Yes. <laughs> Number one hit coming up. If I toiled the soil, what I would find is I'd, I'd be putting apple seeds and being a fool if I expected to get lemons. But this is what we often do with the joy of the Lord, is we really expect to have a joy-filled, happy, holy life without letting the Holy Spirit do his work inside of us. You have to plant a like seed for a like tree to produce that fruit. And we're trying to fill our lives with so many things to give us joy that are not the Holy Spirit. So that fruit will never be the true fruit of joy. It won't be. So the, the question becomes, how, how do you actually see the Holy Spirit produce fruit in your life? You have to let him do his work in you by the power that only he possesses. If there's one thing I've learned in my life, and I haven't lived long. Some of y'all are well seasoned beyond me. So you can tell me if I'm right or wrong after this is over. Not right now. Um, one thing that I've learned is it is an immovable force and it's unstoppable what the power of the Holy Spirit can do with a heart that is yielded to him. It's simply just saying, like Mary, whatever, whatever it is you say, let it happen. Whatever you want to do with this life, let it be. Some of you may think that your chance and opportunity to pray that prayer is over, and I'm wanting to tell you tonight it is not. 
it is just beginning. Some of you have a promise from the Lord on the table that the latter half of your life is going to be greater than the first. And this is a holy reckoning and an awakening for you tonight. I don't believe God just brought me from Dallas to entertain y'all for a little happy dinner. I really don't. I don't just accept things and be like, let's do it. Let's get a cute little paycheck and then let me get on a stage and entertain them and let me feel good about me. I go where the Holy Spirit asks me to go because in that living room on that Monday, I said, whatever it is that you want me to do, let it happen. And so I have to tell you tonight, some of y'all are here hearing this right now because you're in a crisis of faith and God's saying, come on, begin to ask and get your hopes up. Begin to allow the Holy Spirit to do the work in you that he's been trying to do for year after year after year that you've been hesitant to open up your heart, to yield your heart to him, to yield your will, to, to yield your dreams and hopes of the future with what you think God should do. Did you know that should is a, a four little word to me? As a matter of fact, I have a podcast called Shut the Shut Up. You can't say it really fast. You got to be careful with it. <sighs> I discovered that in a horrible way. But this is where we, we land. We keep on thinking what God should do with our lives. But I want to let you know, if you would just open up your heart to him and say whatever it is that comes, whatever it may be, let it happen. I am your servant. And I want to tell you, at, at that point, if you really mean it, you better buckle up, buttercup. Because he always has more than what you ask. Always more. You know, I, uh, on a personal note, can I end with this? I'm going to, whether or not y'all said yes. Y'all were quiet, so I was like, well, maybe they said no, okay. I always kind of had these dreams and thoughts and hopes that maybe God was going to use me as um, a famed music writer or songwriter or singer or guitar player, because that's really what I do. I've been on staff leading churches with worship for years. And I thought that maybe if God was going to use me, he was going to use me through my voice to bring so many people to Jesus through a holy moment in a song. But instead, he used my laugh with a toy mask. So still use my voice, though, right? Sometimes we get a promise and a prophetic word from the Lord that he says, you don't need to understand the how. You just need to trust that I'm going to do something remarkable. And sometimes we hit a brick wall thinking, God, you should have come through this way or this should have already happened because isn't this how it's going to happen? And I just need to let you know, there's a little secret that I've, I've learned is just trust that whatever the Lord does, it's his perfect, pleasing, good will. And you can trust him. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways know him, and he will direct your paths. So some of y'all are like, Candace, I'm open-hearted. I've got open hands. I'm willing to hear from the Lord. I've got my hopes up. I'm not who you're talking to saying that this is a crisis in my faith. I'm there, but I'm not seeing it. I want to encourage you that you may be thinking that the Lord needs to come down and join your work instead of you needing to join his work. It's, it's time to lift up your eyes, turn your eyes to him, and follow wherever he leads. 
He won't steer you wrong. He'll direct your paths. And you can trust him. He's a trustworthy God. So last thing, because I wanted to prove it, and to bless your heart and my heart, is sing a song for you. Is that okay? I'm going to sing it a cappella like I'm trying out for American Idol. I hope you all like that. <laughs> Y'all can be Simon. It's fine. I've got thick skin now. <laughs> no, I just wanted to sing this to close it up. Because for me, this is a song this holiday season that brings a lot of solace to me. It brings a lot of peace. And it reminds me why we celebrate this holiday season. And it reminds me the true meaning of Christmas is about this moment, this holy moment that has so much joy, hope, and peace wrapped up in it. So if you'll indulge me, I'll sing you a song and then we'll pray together and I'll be done. Sound good? Yeah. Okay, good. You're ready for me to quit. Got it. All right. Let me take another drink. <laughs> yeah, got it. Got it. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Let's go. <laughs> oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night. Of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and never pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, oh hear the angel voice. Christ was born, oh, night divine, oh, night, oh, night really do think it's time for a weary world to rejoice once again. It's the best time of year to make it happen. God, we love you. You're such a good, holy God. Everything you do is perfect timing. Everything you do is holy. Everything that you say is right and just. And everything that you declare, you are holding together. God, we praise you even in the difficult seasons. We praise you in the moments that, that are hard to rejoice. God, we, we want to lift our eyes and see you moving in power and in might. God, for the people in this room and for even myself, 
Would you allow us to get our hopes up this year? Would you allow us to rejoice in whatever you say and have open hands and say, yes, God, let it be according to your word unto me, whatever it is. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Whew. It's been a tough couple of years. And Candace, thank you for a wonderful gift that you've given to us tonight. It's really, the Lord really has spoken to us. And I know that's at home more so with some folks and others, depending on where you're at right now, what you're going through. But thank you again for coming to be with us. We are blessed. Amen. How about telling her thanks again? Yes. Amen. I want to give a couple, couple instructions. You know, we do have some decorations, centerpieces in the middle of the table. I just want to make cleanup as easy as possible tonight as we go. Um, the first thing, if you have young children, we want you to go immediately. Okay? So... Round them up, save our volunteers who have helped watch your kids tonight. Now, if you've got a 10, 12, 11, you know, some, you've got a teenager here or something, you hang around, actually go get them and get them to help. But the centerpieces, if we could just kind of, you know, take the trash and roll it down one end and keep the centerpieces on the other end, our ladies will grab those and put them away safely. And thank you again to Elizabeth especially and Shadi for setting things up today. Really appreciate it. It looks beautiful. I love how do you, how do you like that centerpiece? Really neat. And if you didn't know this, that light in the middle is not something, it, it activates in water. So they're, they're not trying to protect it from the water. It actually makes it turn on. And I think that's pretty cool. Um, so I want to say those centerpieces. The other thing, too, the tiramisu desserts. If you could put those on one end of that table as you roll the, the paper down. That way the staff and I will have something to enjoy this week. Um, no, actually, if you want to take them home full or empty, please do that as well. Please feel free to take them. Um, anyways, let's go ahead and stand. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray in just a moment. But I want, Dwight, would you come? Because there's a lot of Christmas parties yet this week, and Rangers has one of them, Girls Ministries, and I just wanted Dwight to give you some, you know, how we need to set up. Sure, sure we have a Ranger Christmas party Wednesday night. We're going to keep this side open and this side open in the middle. If you want to help, you can stack chairs six high and just pull them right in the middle here. All the tables over here are going to go back in the closet, but we're going to keep these tables out, so don't put those away. Wow. Thank you. Wow, that's easy. That makes life easier this year. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey, let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the gift of your son. And I thank you for the gift that we received tonight as well. Lord, that we need to have the kind of joy and the kind of hope that this world around us so desperately needs. Lord, help us not to fall into the trap of the surrounding culture. But, Lord, to, to grab hold of your kingdom and a kingdom mentality. Father, we pray your traveling mercies on, on, on Candace tomorrow, Lord, as she heads home. Father, we just pray that that, that flight home goes just go perfectly smooth, Lord. No delays, no, no, no incidents, nothing to slow her down from getting back home. And we pray a blessing upon her and her family as well. Lord, we give you all the praise, all the thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you.